Welcome to another edition of the MSP Initiative Live. Uh, it's Thursday. That's and, and we're already on a shortened week, right? Because there was a holiday this week. But it is Thursday. That means you're one day closer towards another weekend. Uh, and hopefully good weather weekend, potentially. Because that means you can get out and enjoy a little bit of summertime. Because we are officially in summertime. June, July, August, right? It's when... All the schools finally let out, and we can actually hit the wherever the vacation spot is, right? Beach, mountains, or 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 your backyard, whatever works for you. I know Pete has a nice backyard. Who's who's joining us today? Um, thanks for jumping on there, Pete. Um, we'll, we'll just, let me just do a little bit of housekeeping, and then we'll we'll, we'll chat a little bit. So, <clears throat> for anyone who watches these episodes, hopefully many do. Uh, we talk about a couple of housekeeping items, and here I will bring them up. So first, uh, all these sessions are recorded. I'll remind you again at the end. They're available at mspinitiative.com under sessions. We've just completed the Channel Strong Tour Midwest edition, so these dates are all behind us. But the next Channel Strong Tour is at the last two weeks of July, so next month, about 45 days away, uh, away from now. So if you're in the Northeast, right, uh, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, Jersey, New York, New England, we're coming to you. Uh, we'll be launching those dates shortly. Stay tuned. And lastly, we do a monthly giveaway. And you can enter June's monthly giveaway and win up to one of these 10 interesting prizes from our 10 participating vendors. Again, all you got to do is enter to win. Fill out a form. Must enter to win. You know, if you don't buy the ticket, can't win the lottery. So now that all that's behind us, of course, I have my Channel Strong Tour nifty t-shirt or many of them <laughs> as they're piling up uh bring uh pete bussum back to the show pete's probably not been on msp initiative live in 2021 but he definitely visited a few times last year uh and uh pete and his company equilibrium um have have been helping us and sponsoring the channel wrong uh, channel strong tour so he's uh his team's been working on, on helping us, you know, kind of each two week run that we've been doing here. And, and sometimes Pete even joins us out on the road, which he did, which he did this past run, him and his, his fast car that brings out maybe police. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I think we got to experience that this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I made fun of you the one time I'm like, ah, you'd never get, you'd, they'd never take you out of the car, but uh, apparently I was wrong. No, I was already out of the car though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, when it, when it sounds loud, it, it definitely brings scrutiny, right? Well, you know, the neighbors called and said that a bunch of kids were doing quarter mile runs with a Mustang. So the officer finally, when he realized and he said, whose car is this? So I walked over. And of course, everybody's like, oh, busted. But he was like, uh, yeah, so this is definitely not a quarter mile. And this is definitely not a Mustang. This is exactly. a GTR. <laughs> So, so, so I asked him, I said, Hey, you ever see one of these? And he's like, yeah, I pulled over a couple and tickets. I said, come on, let me show you. And all of a sudden he was a buddy and he was enjoying. And I was like, Hey, I'll take you for a ride. He's like, no, I don't want to upset the neighbors. The last thing I need to do is get in with my body cam, get in the car and then get out and try and go handle the complaint. And he goes, but I'm going to handle the complaint. Don't worry about that. Right. So, right. Right. And then he hung out and he looked at the car a little bit and went on his way. He was cool wow. about it. 
that's probably one of the better, <clears throat> better inter- experiences probably that, that any of us will, will run into. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> at, least, at least you, uh, at least you gave somebody something to complain about, which is easy to do these days, I think. Yeah, uh, but no, that was great. I appreciate you for coming out on Channel Strong Tour. I think that was in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. At it was, yeah. Bob Coppage's parking lot there in yeah, St- yeah. Ohio. Um, and, and, you know, actually we were just planning the final locations today for Northeast. So, yep. Yeah. All good. Yeah. So Pete is our resident marketing, um, mind, if you would. And, uh, you know, Pete, it's interesting, right? I would say now more than ever, it's been happening for years, but now more than ever, you know, with the pipeline, with the meat processing, with the, you know, the solar winds thing earlier in the year, like all of a sudden the mainstream news, whatever channel you follow, uh, is doing a lot of legwork for MSP IT guys out there. Uh, because now it's not something that you have to educate people on. They're now probably starting to come to, to the professionals saying, all right, what do we got to do to not have this be us? Right. Um, right. I'm curious how, the consistent current event situation that's happening helps drive the strategy on, on, you know, hopefully bringing in some new business and, you know, you know, expanding existing customers, you know, kind of appetite for security related stuff. I got to assume that that's right at the top of the list now. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's like the news in the mainstream media always drive the fear that, that goes into everything, right. They, they give you enough to say what's going to happen. So, you know, the MSPs, everybody's been always saying it's not if, it's when, right? And the MSPs say, yeah, you know, you got to do this. And the customers say, yeah, but I got to spend the money. And, you know, so it's really helping change. Uh, You know, now it's coming top of mind. It's there. And everybody's starting to say, all right. So, I mean, our customers and everybody are focused 100% now on security. Everything else is a drag, right? All drag, you know, managed services is a drag. Continuity is all part of the security, right? Good backup. You don't have a good backup. You're going to pay the ransom, which you shouldn't do anyway, right? But for a lot of reasons, you know, it's certainly driving the conversations much differently. And and we heard that on the tour this time, too. Everybody was like, you know, uh, a lot of the partners that were on the tour are, are cyber related, right? Defenses on the perimeter, defenses in the cloud, defenses at the endpoint, And so, you know, I got to believe that our partners that were on there, they were doing, doing gangbusters in their conversa- conversations or follow-ups that, that they need to do. It's got to be a pretty good feeling, you know, to, to do that. And even for us, you know, uh, we're in niche market, you know, if people, people know they want marketing, but they're not willing to pay for marketing. Right. So, you well, know, and, think- and we're seeing that shift. We're well, seeing a I- shift. I think that there's a blurry line now, right? Between uh, marketing and uh, content creation and social, right? Like, just like we've done here with, you know, MSP Initiative, right? We started a podcast, you know, we, you know, do, you know, several, you know, per week, right? You know, two, four, there's four weeks in a month, there's 12 months in a year. That's a lot of content being created. But I mean, a lot of people finally started to, uh, you know, get out from behind the, you know, the cave that they hide in and like, maybe if they weren't most personal people, you know, personable people in the past, like they've tried to step out of their comfort zone and put their face out there, right. Create a persona, right. create a brand. 
And but I think that that's a little bit confused, like getting blurred with, you know, some of the tried and true science, you know, kind of science to marketing, right? Like, hey, you know, landing pages and SEO and ads and how do we drive traffic from local geographical, you know, you know, towns and cities and like it's all. But in reality, Pete, and I'm sure you're going to tell me. What, what I think you're going to tell me, which is it all supposed to be intermeshed. If, yeah, if it's working it properly, is. it's all tied, right? So, you know, everybody always says, you know, marketing. Oh, I hire somebody and they do email marketing for me. And, uh, you know, I'm not really worried about social because think about it. Five years ago, would you have ever expected a lead to come to you from Facebook and buy? No. What about now? I see people will raise their hand and then ask questions which could lead to the conversation. Um, but definitely more likely you'll, you know, you know, not necessarily people coming directly to your, your like business page, but if you're actively interacting in the groups and right. you know, like that kind of stuff, absolutely that works. But if you just expect somebody to show up at, at your page and hit, I want to buy on social without anything else, that's probably still rare. Do you think? I think it's rare, but you hit the point, you know, engagement in social by the business, right? So when people are bringing up topics, if you go out and engage, you get recognized. And if you get recognized, you're more likely to have people look at your website or do that. And then you have tools that are embedded in your website to see somebody came and jumped over from Facebook or somebody came from a certain business, you know, the anonymous web visitor type stuff. So all of these tools where people used to view one thing at a time, like, oh, I can only do this. Now it's like, can I do one webinar, two webinars? Can I do the email? Can I get some press out? Can I? And that omni-channel is what's working now because all of the digital transformation requires all of those things to work together. It's not just one, right? I hate to use the digital transformation because it means so many things to so many people. But realistically, um, it, you know, we're talking more people on LinkedIn with messages uh, just connecting with them, not going out and bombarding them with an in-mail a minute that somebody connects, but getting them to to like our page and then, you know, trying to, to welcome them and make them feel like, look at our stuff. You know, we got some good, good thought leadership for you. I right? definitely, yeah, I've definitely seen a, an uptick on the uh, people inviting people on like a LinkedIn event, you know, where you're just hosting something and then they're being invited. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like the LinkedIn version of a Facebook, you know, event, right? Where you listen to an event, invite people to it, but it hasn't become really popular until recently, like last four or five months, right? Right. right. Um, <clears throat> it's very, it's very intriguing to me that like you almost, even if you're a small shop, even if you're, you know, a uh, sub five man shop, one man shop, three man shop, five man shop, whatever, or even if you're a larger business, you almost need to have a plan, right? From a, you know, like somebody needs to be monitoring and engage on all the platforms, right? Somebody needs to be, you know, you know, making sure content scheduled to go out. Somebody needs to be, you know, aggregating all this data across all the platforms. Maybe somebody needs to be monitoring, you know, your ad campaigns to see, make sure that they're working, right? All of this, you know, like it's a lot of moving parts. There is. And I yep. know there's platforms out there to help, right? Like there's the HubSpots of the world or Infusionsoft or, you know, like kind of the marketing. But, like, but even them, they're so big. They can be so complicated that now you need somebody that understands how to just manage them. Right. So it's another portion and it's a, it's an integral part. I mean, if you don't track the engagement through reporting and analytics, then you, you really can't expect to have a, an effective program. You've got to take those digital or you got to take the tool sets 
take that data and put it somewhere. And those tools are great at putting the data in so you can score and start to work your prospects. Very important. So, so you know. So a lot, a lot of the times though, these IT companies, these managed service providers out there, they're still trying to handle all of this out of the PSA. And I just don't think that that's the right tool now. I mean, it's, it, it's, it used to be, you can make it work. Now it's, there's so many things now that are happening across all these different platforms. It's all, you're almost non-starter, right? Well, it, it, it all depends on the size and the maturity of the organization, right? So, you know, and not a commercial, but we have tools that we've created that help with that and, and glue the external systems to the PSA. So the data flows and gets to reps and, and moves, uh, it, you know, it works faster. And there's various tools out there that will do that. Uh, but as you mature, the PSA definitely does not cover uh, the full gamut of, of what you need to do, what you need to track, how you can move it through your pipeline, right? Because everybody's like, oh, it's in my pipeline when I write a quote. No, 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 no. It's in your pipeline when you first talk to them, right? And, and qualify them down a little bit and start moving them through. And that's something that a PSA just can't do. It just doesn't have that ability to move your target or your prospect, suspect, whatever it is, down through your funnel of getting them to move to the next funnel of quoting, right? So, or opportunity. Yeah. Well, what what is, yeah, like, let's say you, you do line up all your stuff, right? Let's mm -hmm. say, let's say you do finally get humming, right? Like, I know, you know, in, in, on my end, right? I We're getting something like 65 to 85 just leads, you know, inbound leads a month, not in our database. We've never talked to them. We never called them. They just, they found some piece of content on the internet. They're like, oh, that's interesting. I need more information. And all of a sudden they show up on the radar, right? Mm -hmm. How quickly it, like, what is the workflow people should be running on here? Like, cause time is very critical on those types of situations, right? Like, what is the average time it would take? It, you know, you shouldn't wait past, I guess, to start engaging and trying to get people, you know, past the form submission. Man, I got to tell you, if I receive a form, and I would tell you if anybody receives a form, I hope you have a workflow that wherever you're receiving it notifies you right away and you're making that phone call. Uh, you know, think about how many providers are in your space, George, right? How, wow. how many, right? It's a very competitive space, right? So if you don't respond quickly, it's like the yellow page is who, who might be next, right? Who's, mm -hmm. who's the next one, right? And then they miss out on, you know, what the true value that you bring to the table is because they were impatient, right? So, but the, the need, you know, everybody's connected with their phones. We've, we've become a, a world of instant, you know, instant response. So, you know, mm -hmm. with, chat in the website with you know forms with email with phone people have so many ways they can communicate back to you now to to get to you and those are all part of your strategy right is when when are you available and when are you not you know setting the expectation up front so if somebody fills out the form hey we'll get back to you within 24 hours but a lot of people just say thank you someone will be in contact with you well what the hell does that mean Right. You know, it, it could mean today, tomorrow, whatever. But I would say, you know, an acceptable workflow would be uh, if it's not done when the form comes in, you've missed an opportunity because people move at a speed now that they're looking at possibly two or three partners uh, in that space.
space. So, you know, the quicker that you can get to that lead, uh, certainly you do it. And, and that's where the PSA fails, right? It, it can, you can send it in as a ticket and have a ticket do a workflow. But in the end, you know, something that comes into another system lets you prioritize, move it and keep it in a system and tracking it through. So. Yeah, hundred percent. So basically same day, right? I mean, if you could get yeah. to it within the hour, better, but yeah, if you can get to them same day, great. If not next day, great. But I hear every 24 hours after that, your percentage chances of yeah. conversion go down dramatically. Yeah. And we even, we, we even, even if you can't call them the same day, you can send an email with an online calendar that accesses yours and you can send them, Hey, I'm, I'm out of the office today. I'm booked up, but Hey, here is my link. Go ahead and let's schedule some time and have a conversation. And that way they can look at your calendar and schedule some time for yourself. You're still being responsive. And, you know, in sales and marketing, their first impression is how responsive are you going to be? Because if you can't be responsive in sales and marketing, how are you going to be responsive in service? Yeah. Right? So that's their first, you're setting the first service level, making that first contact. Agreed. How much, I mean, and so- by the way, 65 a month is, is awesome. That's a great number. Sometimes you get up to an, MS, an MSP is not going to get 65 a month. <laughs> yeah. I've had some months where we got like 90 plus and I was like, wow, that's, this is great. That's like, great. like, and the best part is like, we'll leads us right into the next question. And we've talked about this before, but it's worth hammering again. Marketing is not a, I mean, listen, you can measure a lot of things and that's part of the science, right? And you should, if it can be measured, you should measure it. Right. Um, but it's not instant. It does take time. And like the content that we're, we've generated over the last two or three years to start to build that 60 to 80 to 90, you know, inbound leads of just people that are coming in the front door. We've never communicated with them before. That took time. That took time to build up. That took time to matriculate to the internet and, and do its thing. And, And you can push it faster if you spend more right with SEO and ads and all that stuff. But generally speaking, the inbound marketing concept is keep on creating good content, keep on creating more educational items, keep on putting things out there to help people learn and the rest will come, right? doesn't necessarily have to be very salesy, but it has to be very informative and educational, right? That's one way to do it. Be seen, be um, heard. Yeah. Be seen, be heard. That's one of our yeah. mottos, right? And the more so, you're seen and heard, the more opportunity you have. So, Basically. so, I, almost, I feel, like I, I, feel like I should do a Ken here. Hold on. Go ahead. Let's go. There you go. All there right. Here go. we go. All there right. Go. Let's oh, go. I, I got one for you. All right. All right. You're going you're gonna to love me. You're going to love me. Ah, very nice. There you go. So, well, right. you know, there's some, we're sending some Jets attire for Oliver. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can go back. I can go back to this one. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> now, since we're in between tours, though, right? Nice. There you All go. Right. Non-Eagles logo right. for you. But there anyway, you so um, how much content should be, be being created per month and how long does it take for that content to start paying some dividends? Well, like anything, it's a train, right? You get on a long road and you're going to go coast to coast and then you're going to turn around and come back, right? Because that's the only route that you have. So it's a big loop, right? But content, you know, social, uh, anywhere up to 22 posts a month social, you know, 22 is like probably the max where you start to saturate and uh, things will over overload and, and not um, 
not index properly or the social media will start to penalize you if you're doing more. Uh, you know, non-selling content, educational content. You know, it's okay to sell your stuff, but, uh, you know, mix it in with some good educational stuff. And a lot of people make that mistake. So make sure uh, you're doing it. Obviously, the other thing is, is embed as much as you can in your own website, right? Embed it in your website and, and send people to your website. Give them the, the, the tickler or the short version or the enough to whet their appetite to go read the full blog or article or, or what have you, right? Uh, and make sure, of course, if you're taking somebody else's article, you give them credit and you ask for the reprint or, or whatever it is digitally, right? But so social, you know, that's, that's a big part. Uh, emails, you know, it depends on your following. If you've got a good following weekly, you know, if you're trying to penetrate a market, do weekly, but you've got to do more than just one market, right? Because if you're working on one market uh, and that's not working or it's a slower market, it's a lagging market, depending on where the economic conditions are, um, you know, you could be missing out on these other ones. So you've got to run anywhere from two to four campaigns electronically through email and maybe some regular postal mail too, to show up and, and do it again. It's, it's again, be seen, be heard, be consistent, be deliberate, right? Those are, those are the four keys of, of what we say. So it's repetition. It's a numbers game. Uh, the more numbers, just like sales, the more dials you make, the more opportunity you're going to connect with somebody. If you connect, you know, it's, it's a ratio, right? So when we look at things, we don't look at the demand generation side of the calling. We look at what are the metrics of engagement, and then after about four to six months, we start to look at that engagement a little differently to make sure that we're paying dividends, right? Are we starting to get it? Are our callers that are working on the demand gen side or reps, are they starting to make the contacts and getting easier conversations than they used to? Because people recognize the brand. And that's what marketing is. It's about positioning the brand so those that are following up or at trade events or see people in person when they see the brand, it's recognizable, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, so, so that's the that's the key. Repetition. What are your feelings? And since you bring up the word brand, sometimes it takes sometimes a refresh is required, right? Like if somebody mm. created their company uh, twenty years ago, right, and it's and maybe twenty years ago was in you know cool, it was fine, it fit, but like things change, the feeling changes, the the buying behavior person changes. You know, and now you need to kind of retool, refit, re represent what the company does. How, like, if you haven't changed your website since 2000, probably overdue, right? Like, what is that cycle? Yeah. So, you know, if you want to look like, and, and your whole company is about looking like the, the 90s and you're a retro company, then yeah, stay where you're at. But it's probably not working for you. So there's a lot of new things that you should do. You, at a minimum, you should refresh your face of your site and your content. Minimum, if it's, if it's uh, static content every three years. Uh, I would tell you now that every year and a half, uh, your competitors are looking at you and they're probably stealing parts of your content because, and your SEO and everything else, because that's what everybody does now at the speed that we're moving. So, you know, refreshing your, your webpage or your front page every year and your content uh, should gradually change every month, because if you're not changing your content, 
your SEO is not working for you. And, uh, and that's organic SEO, right? When you change that and you put new keywords and on page and things of that nature, you've, you've got to get fresh content in order for the engines to continue to look at you and do it. So if you sit more than uh, 30 days, Google will pair back, right? And then after three months, if you haven't changed, they'll pair back more. Now your site, instead of being crawled every 30 or every seven days is now every three months, every four months. Wow. And that's, and that's bad. That's bad. Right. And now we've got even, even bigger things where Google's threatened now that they're they're but they didn't threaten, they've announced they're going away from cookies. So it's going to give us a whole new thing here within about 12 to 14 months of uh, cookies are a thing of the past. So how are you going to track those people? How are you going to do those pop-up ads that, you know, everybody was like, Hey, I was just doing this. And then I went to Facebook and all of a sudden I got these ads. Well, yeah because the advertisers go cross-platform, right? So they're all working on the back end now for new technologies to, to how are we gonna deploy this, right? There's hmm. still gonna be cookies, but not to the extent that they are right now, right? Because hmm. privacy now is, is moved into the digital and, and you know it's not just the MSP protecting uh, the infrastructure now, the website needs to be protected now, all these other things, because they're all ways of delivery of malware and things of that nature. So, you know, even guys like us, where we have a pretty robust web platform, um, we have a whole new layer of things that we're laying in that you won't ever see, but we have to put it in to protect that platform. So, hmm. so there, it, it, it provides a whole new thing. And if you don't stay compliant with Google, you might as well hang it up because they're, they're the ones that are really pushing it. Yeah, no, that's true. So, you know, like from a budgeting standpoint, I assume I'm sure there's some number, right? Like every time somebody's like, well, how much should I invest in my IT? It's like, well, 1% of your gross, you know, revenue should be allocated towards IT. Well, yeah, you know, I forget what the percentage is. I'm just throwing an idea out there. Yeah. I'm sure the size of the organization changes the answer, but what is the, the investment in marketing that should be allocated from a budgetary standpoint? Is it a percentage? Is it a dollar amount? Like, is it a higher full-time person? How do you come to that answer? Well, I mean, you're absolutely correct. A lot of people say it's a percentage, right? Well, if you're, if you're a half a million dollars and you put 1% towards it, it really doesn't buy you much marketing, right? Yeah. So, so if you're going to make the investment, you have to be prepared to make the investment and stay with it long-term, right? You can't just say, well, I've been doing it for three months and I'm not getting anything out of it because the minute that you stop, you go back 60 days, 45 to 60 days and start over. And everybody that you built the following says, what happened to that? Did they go out of business? You know, so, so again, you know, my four buzzwords, consistent and deliberate, you know, are part of that too. be seen, be heard, consistent and deliberate, right? So you, you've got to stay on the train. So once you set your budget, you got to keep going. You can't stop, right? Now, I can tell you from our piece, uh, depending on the size of the MSP and how many campaigns you're going to run, you're probably looking at, you know, a coordinator in-house that's tethered part-time or full-time. And then you're looking for staff that you can outsource to like a company like us. And you're probably looking three to $5,000 a month, right? But as you scale, that percentage diminishes because your revenue is growing or your profits are growing. It should be at least in, in, in theory, right? So, so at, up front, it's a significant investment. So if you were looking at the, the models and there's various models out there, you would never hit your best in class for marketing. You'd be in the red for probably two years before 
you grew to the point where it started to, to pay benefits. So I would say three to 5,000 is, is an average number. Um, and then that's just your marketing, right? You still have to have somebody on the demand gen side, the outside, outbound side to, to follow up. Otherwise, all the efforts, when you start to finally get that inbound flow into your pipeline, somebody's got to follow up. And if you're owner-led, you need to make some decisions because owner-led usually means a lot of lost time because they don't have the time. So you've got to put that in your budget. When you decide to start marketing, you can, you can pop up and, and do well, but you've got to be prepared to own your part of it from the engagement. I hear that a lot, right? Like, hey, I signed up and I didn't get business. And it's like, and then there's this proverbial boom. You know, like, well, I said, <laughs> through. You had 25 leads that came through the, you know, this, this, and this. And they're like, what happened to them? And they're like, they didn't close. And you're like, but we got those people to your front door. They opened up, they walked through. Then what did you do, right? Well, how did, how did that conversation go? Where did you, did you follow up with them? Did you send them a quote? Like where you tell us, was it just not the right fit? Like, were you getting calls from people that just didn't understand what they were looking for? Like, that's, I feel like that's the missing link on the other side, right? That where the two meet. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you tell people that struggle on that handover process? Well, we have a very big part of before we onboard, we actually have an expectation that we go through. And, you know, the owners really have to, make a decision or we won't bring them on. You know, that's where we're at in our maturity. Uh, we've had the owner led and we've had those conversations and, and some of them have been quite volatile, you know, but um, usually we'll get 30, 60 days into it. And if we can't see that expectation being met and of, of what was set, then we have a conversation and it either gets right or that's 30 days notice we're firing you, um, which is pretty odd for the marketing company to fire the client. Uh, and we, we fired four clients last year. Um, not because they're not good people, not because they don't have a solid business. They just didn't have the time to commit to doing their part. And, you know, as owners, who are we accountable to? Ourselves, right? We, we have nobody else to, to hold our hand or whatever. That's why peer groups, I think, are, are so important for, for a lot, you know, because they get like an outside board that really pulls them together. But, you know, who are they accountable to? So usually when I drop that bomb, it, it, it creates a little tension for a week or two uh, if we retain each other. And, um, you know, if we get past that, usually at that point, they realize that, you know, they're making an investment and we're trying to look out for that investment. And that's, that's the big thing. If you're not going to be accountable for your actions and you're going to try and shed it and say, well, you didn't do this. Wait a minute. Let's come back to the topic, right? Let's stay focused where we started, you know, because anytime we have conflict, we always try and go and find all the other things to justify why one, look, if you don't want to be a client. I don't want you to be a client. If you can't do it right now and you don't have the bandwidth, then you shouldn't be spending the money. And it's, it's that good. Where are you in your maturity model of marketing? And, uh, you know, we have some stuff published on our website that people can go and read it's probably way back. Maybe we should refresh it and put it back up to the top again. But, um, you know, there's five levels of a maturity model in, in marketing. Hmm. And, uh, you know, most people operate in chaos. You know, I, I, you know, you, you may have different tiers of rungs, just like operational maturity. But, you know, operational is one to two for for marketing for most. And, 
they, they get to chaos. But once they get past chaos and they get into something strategically and it starts to operate consistently, like MSP Initiative is a great one, right? Two webinars every day, every, every week, it's published. There's a whole process that flows with what you're doing, right? And so, you know, you've got an expectation, there's an accountable measurement that goes along and, and you know, so you keep moving that. But if you can't be accountable for what you're paying for, on your side of the engagement, then why are you doing it? Don't, don't look, don't look to hang the marketing company. You know, they're probably delivering materials and content. You might just not be reviewing them, approving them. Uh, you know, the, the portion that you signed up for or following up when something comes in. I mean, we have our stakeholder meetings all the time. Hey, I do it right away. We had a webinar. These three said they wanted follow-up. Who's calling? Where's the activity being tracked? Where's it, you know, if it's in, if it's in the PSA, then get it in the PSA. I want to see it because I have access, right? I want to see what's going on. I want to see how I can help your rep gain, whether it's a piece of collateral we should be sending. You know, there's, there's marketing just doesn't stop at attracting the lead. Now you've got things to support the rep to, to deliver the opportunity and close the deal, right? So how, how much marketing energy should be put into net new customers versus marketing to the existing customers? Well, I would tell you, um, you've got to probably do a, a good 75, 25. Uh, you know, your account management uh, should take care of your existing customers, but hey, newsletters, new, new features that you're adding, things that can enhance the business outcomes that you're delivering to your clients. Like, you know, you guys have a ton of integrations, right? And quite honestly, I, I mean, I know of a few because that's in my narrow scope of, <laughs> of, of what I deal with, right? But if you're an integrator and, and you go out and, uh, you know, they, they go out and they sign up with Bevoip, what a powerful sales tool to say, I can integrate into everything, right? And grab the VoIP portion of the business and then go and start to erode your competitor and, and drive the wedge into your managed services or security or whatever it is, right? Just because you have integrations to their line of business application. And, yeah. and that's, that's so powerful. And, and so many MSPs probably miss that when they go out and they're, they're looking at BVoIP as a partner saying, yeah, we got a VoIP partner. No, you got all this power. But, you know, here's a place where you can continue to educate, you know, you guys educate and you do it well, your partners. And, and you meet with your partners and you talk with your partners about what feature sets you have, what's available to them, what does it mean, how can they use it, how can they drive business outcome for their customers, which drives better outcome for them because they get more wallet share and they get stickier, right? And so, so you know, all of those things. So I would tell you new customers, 70, 75%, 25% on the account management, but make sure you have good collateral to send off that keeps your services alive and healthy and add-ons and, and things that they can buy into. So when you go to a QBR, they already know about them. They've already been briefed on them. It's not like you got to sell them on it. You know, hey, this security feature, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's great. I attended your webinar. I read your collateral. What, what's it going to cost me and how do I get it rolled out? Right. And that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the client side of, of the market. So. How much, how much, you know, existing customer curation should you be doing, right? Like, 
how often, like, should, how often do you go back to your cost? Like, I know, like, you can set up systems, like you close a ticket or it's, hey, scale of one to 10, where do we fit? But like, I'm talking about the content you can turn around and use on the Google reviews, on the Facebook reviews, on the LinkedIn testimonials, right? Like, I feel like that's stuff that could be easily, you know, usable, right? In terms of attracting new clientele. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at that stuff as it comes in and, and turning it into something that you can republish and repurpose, right? So somebody gives you a good review, get it out on social, put it into a nice template, make it look sexy, you know, and please, 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 my pet peeve, size the graphics. Don't put things in that cut across the text. I mean, this is your image, right? And, and how many people publish things that the text is, is the wrong size because the the, the graphic is the wrong size, right? So you get cut off and you don't see things, right? I feel like I'm Italian lately with my hands going all over. But, um, yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, but, you know, you, you, you want to make sure that you're presenting the right image and getting that content out. So as it comes in, you should turn it. So, uh, for instance, the Channel Pro article that just came out that Jay-Z wrote, right? Uh, you guys published that right away. I got it yesterday. I turned it to my social. It'll probably be on our pages later today or tomorrow, right? So those are current, they're relevant, and, and you want to keep that. That's news, it's current. It, 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 you know, it's a good, good vibe that gets out there and it shows personalities of the company, how you're doing, et cetera, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, going back to like those 22 posts, those are all part of your 22 posts if you're looking for, for content. Right. Um, but, you know, it's relevant. Uh, you know, now, what do you curate and send back to your customers? Probably a monthly in a newsletter or just some kind of thing that you can put down, you know, with uh, some kind of, uh, you know, your RMM has the little icon and you can deliver things out to your client base. Drop it in there. You know, use, use every method that you have. Put it, you know, if you do billing. Drop a PDF attached to your electronic billing out of your PSA. You know, you used to get bills, right? And they used to have, you can get this service and a little placard or whatever. Add that kind of stuff. Add it into your billing. You know, use, use that. Your customer is going to open that up. They're going to open the bill. And if they see that, you know, they can, they can do it. So all, all these little things are just build up to uh, retention, right? So going back to your question, though, of how much time do you spend on current and net new is how much churn you have. If you're just churning clients, you're going to spend a lot more on net new. But if you're retaining and you're adding, now, now you've got true growth, right? But if you're just churning to get a new one, uh, you know, what, what are you doing? You really got to look at your, you got to look at your company and say, what am I doing? You know, and everybody goes through it. I don't know a business that doesn't churn before they wake up and they say it, including us. We, we churned a couple of years and I had to say, what, what the heck? And that's when I started adding people to the team and things got better. And now retention is very high and we still have some customers that go back to our 13 years plus in business. So and before 14 years old next week. So. Very good. Well, listen, yeah. longevity counts, man. It does. Yeah. Um, if you talk to the people that are, let's call them PR specialists, they'll say marketing PR nowhere in the same vicinity. I don't know. I don't think I buy that story. I still think they tie together. Tell me why and where and how much energy should be put into the PR side versus all the other stuff we've already been talking about. 
well, you should try and find to do something that's PR worthy at least monthly, right? Because it's it's great to put that out on the newswire, gets picked up, it's bragging rights, uh, you know, all all of those things add up. Um, so I believe PR is is a a valuable asset and part of that omni-channel marketing. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and uh, you know, I think that's more of a sales pitch. Uh, to say you need a specialist in, in PR, you don't need a specialist in PR. It's not hard to write a press release. It's really not. Um, there's acceptable formats. They're published everywhere. You can write them. It's a couple paragraphs, a quote, and about your company and push it out the door. Uh, it's good stuff. And it is part of marketing. You know, people like to go and see that companies are doing good stuff. They're part of the communities. They're They're growing. They're changing. They're adding. So, so I, I, I mean, PR is part of the programs that we do. So, and, and we don't say we focus on PR, we focus on marketing. PR is a component of that, right? Key component. How much, I mean, and there's a lot of services out there. One that comes to mind that's very popular is like Canva, right? Where it's like, Hey, you don't have to be a Photoshop, like guru and spend 10 hours to create an image, but you can come out with something pretty quick. that looks nice. Right. Mm -hmm. How much does the optics play into things now, right? Like, I, I feel like it's now more than ever. It, it's way higher on the list than it was even five years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we should do a commercial with these hats on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, visual is, is more than anything. And we're rolling out some interesting new services, uh, part of our blogs and stuff like that where they're not just going to be a written component. There's, there's going to be some things. So look for a, a, a press release from us. But, uh, you know, there's some really key components that people are visually driven. Uh, video and seeing people, especially after the last 14 months, you know. Um, I, can, I can reach out, but, you know, it's not the same thing as like, you know, bumping fists or sitting down and having a cheesesteak at, at Tony's or, you know. It's just not the same. So people are. I feel, I feel bad because I haven't I haven't burned anything recently. It's been like almost a year since like <laughs> I burned that Dallas shirt or you know, the Minnesota Vikings gear before it. Like that was. That oh, good. I haven't done oh, it. Uh, you know, maybe there's some Jets attire that's on the way that I'll get burnt. <laughs> <laughs> now i see what <laughs> i'm just giving you some fuel for the fire right is that is that you know but but, but visual is that like it needs to look yeah. just putting stuff together in microsoft word and putting it out there i don't think it's going to cut it anymore no right? no i mean you know uh animation in the websites social media has got to have a clean crisp bright look you know all of those things those are that's what people that's what allure right now is that's what's going to draw people you know, so it's just not a picture anymore. There's pictures with words. Uh, you know, you got to make your graphics stand on their on their own without the content. You know, that's that's another another component. So, uh, you know, how can you get your message across in a couple short words, right? Uh, explainer videos, all of those all of those things are all just key things of communicating to the end user. You know, about who you are, what you're about, and and education, right? So, but yeah, graphics and crisp graphics. I mean, Canva is not a bad, bad app, but, you know, we, we, we prefer to use the professional tools, but that's because we do it in such masses. I mean, 
you know. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, if you're good at it, you want the real deal, right? But if you, yeah. if you need to put something out that doesn't look horrible. Yeah. No, and they and they do a good job. They have some nice stuff. Like even the Microsoft publisher people that are still using that, I'm like, dude, that's I feel like that's dated. Nothing comes out of there pretty. Yeah. No, you know, you get jagged, you get the clean, you get the highest resolution graphic that you drop out and it still prints jagged. So yeah. No, it's not so, good. Yeah. Um you know, one of the things that we're starting to see is that every, you know, platform, right? Whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they really want you to host your video clips and snippets directly on their platform rather than, I actually got this tip from you, right? If we put something on a YouTube yeah. and try and take that and take, like, it actually hurts your, you know, show rate in the feed, right? Can you explain right. that a little bit more? Yeah, so they're they're an indexable engine just like everybody else, right? So uh, an authoritative source. So, you know, they want you uh, to come and see that they have advertisers that are paying too, right? So if you look at sponsored feeds and advertising that's in Facebook, even Instagram, right? Uh, Instagram is gaining notoriety in the business world, and and uh, because so many people have moved off of other platforms and just want to see pictures, right? So. Um, but you know, they have a high demand of advertisers and they need to drive content and host content and index content. So if you're hosting content and you're linking it to YouTube from LinkedIn, what's going to get indexed? How much time, if I click, if I see that and I click on it, I go to LinkedIn, I click now I'm on YouTube. I, I, as LinkedIn have lost you to see all the other content that my advertisers could be pushing in front of you. So um, when you take that, put your videos up there, put your content up there and let it index to uh, LinkedIn. Now, blogs, you can always put your teaser for your blogs and get enough content. So when you link out, but uh, you know, using, using uh, articles, LinkedIn articles versus linking to your, those are good things too. So periodically I'll go up and I'll write something and I'll take a blog and I'll just embed it in the articles, right? So that's that. The other thing that's cool in Facebook and LinkedIn is in LinkedIn, you can actually put a page called services and you can drop snippets of your services right in. So Facebook visitors can click on services, see what you offer, and then click on a read more and, and go off to your website, right? So it's another indexable piece. Uh, LinkedIn used to have services, they removed services and now it's just products and services. There's really, it's hard to find a category to, to put it in. But you, if you're a product driven company, you can put your products right on your LinkedIn page and have a showcase page. So again, you know, there's just more than just dropping your social posts. They, they, they have some really good tools that are available for, small, medium-sized MSP to really gain some, some traction. But again, there, you got to have the bandwidth to do it all. That's, that's the tough part. hundred percent. Or else it's just gonna, you said it's right. gonna rewind on you. Is there any benefit from your standpoint in the marketing realm to do things like the print, like the higher, more paid for versions of LinkedIn or the sales navigator or premium or anything like that? Do you find any value in any of that? Um, I have value in it because there's a couple things that you can do. Um, I don't like people rating my contact list so I can protect my contact list there. So, uh, you know, they're not rating, just linking with everybody. So they link with me and now they have access and they can raid. Um, the other thing is, is 
you know, it also lets you protect certain things uh, that are to you, or, or, you know, again, who you're linked to. Uh, but you can also see who's visiting your page, where in the current version, you don't see who's viewing it. You know, you can see that 10 people viewed your profile, but you don't know who. So the paid version stepping up a little bit does do that. Now, Sales Navigator is a whole different engine, right? It's a whole different thing. And of course, LinkedIn has about 10 products. They have recruiting, they have sales management being Navigator. But you can move people through and help move them into other areas uh, of LinkedIn marketing as a platform, and then use that in your audience if you move to sponsored ads. So, you know, building your followings, linking with the people that are in your audience, using the, uh, the, the sales uh, index, the SSI that comes in. I don't know if a lot of people even know about that, but it shows you where you influence or you don't influence and, and how you rank of people that are in your, in your uh, realm, you know. So those are all good things to look at. And SSI is free. You can just Google LinkedIn. SSI and you might be surprised and then you might go to work to say I need to improve my profile uh, which you which you do right um, so absolutely you know embed it embed it in the social platform if you can right so it's good oh, there you go right and if you get your free score it'll take you over you have to link in George is going to share his uh, all right not bad, George, not bad. But you can see your professional brand is good, but you're still not finding the right people. You gotta get that up. Uh, engage with insights is where you embed uh, articles. You know, you can look at your insights and embed some articles and drive people. So you might get notifications that say, um, admins of this are, are discussing this, this topic by George Bardisi or whatever. And that's that's where you'll start to see your insights grow. But, but relationship-wise, hey, you got it. Never never been one to say that George doesn't get out. He's a shy guy, you know, afraid to talk to everybody. So uh, you're muted. You're still muted, George. Have you ever helped anybody do that um, that trick where you can like put a, uh, your uh, a token, you know, into your page. And then as people come to your page, if they have a LinkedIn uh, and they're signed into the LinkedIn, it starts populating on your, on your people yep. who view your profile. Yep. Yep. So cool. Yeah. So you, you can put some, and, but those are cookies, right? But those are controlled by LinkedIn, not Google. So that's good. So, yeah, I mean, any, anywhere you can put a tracking link or UTM link or anything, whether it's email or what have you, that's always good because you get to see the engagement through the who's oh, doing and what and, and all totally, that. Totally free hack too. And you find out exactly who came to your page. I mean, yeah, quick win from a sales perspective. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of great little hacks out there that you can Google and find and and just pop in and you, you'd be surprised at the information that is available through a quick hack so unbelievable yeah. um how are your last time we talked you you were really you know excited about the uh like the rfid business card play and obviously there was not many places to go use it but like how, are you still up on that you still you still like Heck that? yeah i love it i love it you know you can you can scan if somebody doesn't have the the protocol running on their phone you can scan a qr code and it just pops up um it just pops up a contact record. So, you, you know, you just 
tap it, and there it is. It detected it, and it brings up it brings up my profile page with all my information, and you know you can scroll down, and it'll have you know whatever it is, and and you can put in prospect information so they can share theirs back with you, um, or they can click out and go to your LinkedIn profile or save it to your Outlook or what have you. So it's just a quick click and go. So yeah, no, these are no more these paper are, business cards. I'm gonna just boop. Well, think about it. How many people are giving out business cards these days? I you still know? have my last box has not really made a dent. It's been sitting yeah. here. Yep. So we found this really cool because you can move it right over, right? It, it, it'll index over or it'll move over into your outlook, which you can then synchronize with, you know, other things to, to move it into a, a workflow or a, a contact list for emails, whatever, whatever it is, right? CRM or a PSA, whatever. So, and, you know, but it's, it's cool and it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah. Hey, I just, making it easier for people to, you know, communicate with you. Right. I mean, QR codes seem to be pretty popular now. Like for a while they were just like, whatever, but now it's like, you know, I guess obviously with the, Hey, you go to a restaurant, they're not handing you a menu anymore. You got to do the QR code. That's pretty popular now, but, but even just like if you're sending things in the mail, right. And you're trying to use that as part of a marketing campaign, the QR code makes it really helpful now that all the phones just immediately pick up on it, right? Yeah, and, and there's some cool tools that you can make odd shapes. So you could make one that looks like Bevoid and color it and everything, and they scan it and it, it goes, you know? So I, our local food store has one that the outline of their food store with their name going on it. And that's yeah. any, of their, any of their branded products now, their, their barcode looks like that. So it's, it's kind of pretty cool, but yeah, it's becoming much more acceptable. And, and last year, you know, it really forced a lot of changes. You know, a lot of people weren't ready for things and, and they had to. So, you know, restaurants pivoted. They did a good job with that kind of stuff. You know, here's my menu, online systems of ordering, you know, all, all of these things. Some are still really horrible, but they've really, they've, they've done a pretty good job of fixing it and getting it, you know, usable pretty quick if they wanted to stay in business last year so so yeah there's just a lot of technology that's rolling in marketing right now you know there's another one quick one that comes to the top of my head people still doing advertising through their signatures their email signatures yeah so you know there's there's um tools that are out there and you create a signature and you can put the graphics and you can change them. So you can change them by profile. So your service department can have one signature and your sales and marketing team could have another, your execs could have another, and you can track click-throughs and see what people are doing. So if you're running a major campaign, you can drop that, that campaign in, change your signatures to what you want it to do. And that way it's, it's again, be seen, be heard, be deliberate. It's another method of delivery of brainwashing the end user to recognize your brand, right? So no, uh, I mean, there's some great tools out there and tricks, uh, but but that's the thing, right? If you're not up on what's happening, you're missing out on kind of like what could be really easy. I I call them hacks, but really easy things you could be doing that just, you know, like they used to say it was like, Oh, seven touch points. Like, I think it's like 25 touch points now. Right. How many times? 17 to 22 touch points before you're going to get a quality conversation. That's a lot of work. I didn't, I didn't say qualified conversation. I said quality conversation where you can start to build that relationship because, hey, business is still relationship, right? 
if you don't know me and I don't know you, why am I going to buy from you? Right. It's yeah. true. 100%. So they buy the relationship first. No, I, and be honest with you, it's probably going to be that way for a long, long time. Although there's, will be. You know, there's exceptions, right? You know, like the Amazon mm-hmm. reorder, right? Who's, who's the relationship there? But better double check all your settings too, right? To make sure Amazon's not doing that sidewalk thing. That's a tip. Yeah, turn off that sidewalk. Better go off and turn that off and make sure they didn't turn it back on and you go back and turn it off again. Uh, uh, well, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll reset it when they do an update to the software. They'll set it back to default. So you have to make sure you go back and do it, right? So, so shady. Yeah, uh, it is. Pete, I mean, it sounds like, let's face it, marketing has been its own kind of, you know, kind of science for, for quite some time. The cool part is just like technology is changing fast, marketing technology changes too, right? Like you kind of have to keep up with things. You know, Pete brought some cool things up in the session, like, hey, cookies got to go away soon. Like I never didn't do that till this call or, hey, you know, there's things you can do in order to you know, use the social selling index, right? You've probably seen that before, but that's probably more, you know, more targeted now than ever. And, you know, especially even the tip on hosting video on every platform separately, rather than trying to drag traffic out of those platforms, you'll lose, you know, kind of views, right? Because it won't show up into, you know, those feeds. Yeah, think, of, think of how you flood the SEO feed, right? Exactly. On Google, you get seven feeds instead of one. So there, there's a lot of tricks, guys. And, and listen, you can spend the time if you have it, I would argue most people don't. So if you are looking for some tips or if you're looking even for some educational items, right? Things that you should be concentrating on. Uh, Pete, where can they find that you know, on your side? They can hit your I actually, you can go to equilibriumconsult.com and go to our blogs. You'll find a lot of informational stuff there. You'll see a new launch of our website here probably within the next 15 days. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're at that three year mark on our website and we're getting ready to refresh and, and blow it out. Um, but, uh, you know, our blogs are our big piece. If you go to our social, you'll see the feeds. So go ahead on LinkedIn, like our page, um, or Facebook and, you know, come on out, read, look at, look at what we're putting out there. There's, there's two to three blogs every month that are coming out. Awesome. Good, good relevant, current information. And hey, you know, if you're again, if you're in the Northeast, a reminder, you know, we're going to be in your neck of the woods the last two weeks of July. So maybe Pete might make an appearance. If you want to, I'll, I'll, I'll be making an appearance. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there. Yeah, you get to see everybody. It all, it all depends on whether I'm trailering or driving, which, 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 which vehicle I'm driving. Either way, we'll make sure we find you at a local cheesesteak stand near me. <laughs> oh, you know, that'll happen. <laughs> We've got two locations very close by. So, There's no doubt that, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll unhitch if we need to. And uh, 100% we'll we'll go from there. Although that that, you'll have to have that. That'll be your cheat day. That'll be your cheat day on the food chart. I I think on the road every day is a cheat day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This session was recorded. You'll find it at mspinitiative.com under sessions, every session's there. Download, rewind, fast forward, have at it. Don't forget to put your name into our monthly giveaway. Just click on giveaways, enter your, enter your name, email address, hit send. You'll be entered to win one of 10 prizes. And uh, keep on following back here at one o'clock, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Eastern time, where we continue to talk about what's happening. Maybe give you a little bit of help, figure out what to do next. Pete, appreciate you for coming on. I'm Thank sure you. We'll real shortly. Sounds good. Take care, George. All right. Bye.